All right, Hugh. I believe this is the end of contract negotiations. Welcome to Deadpool 3. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I'm excited to work on something that isn't a crappy adaptation of a musical. Not a problem, buddy. Would you like to start reading through the script? Uh, I'm a bit famished. You wouldn't mind? Do you have something to nibble on? Sorry, Hugh. All I've got right now is kids' food. Uh, well, me trainer ain't gonna be too happy about that. But I could destroy a bowl of Cat'n Crunch right now. Ten four, good buddy. I'll get the goods. Hey, 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 Hugh, buddy. Do you hear ominous music? One, two hands coming for you. Three, four is puppy, but you'll adore. Five, six, better be district fix. Seven, eight, watches pupils dilate. Nine, ten, he won't ask again. Uh, Ryan, why is there a cat and two random dudes in your house? I am Mr. Henley's translator. Okay. And who are you? And I'm his herald. And you're doing a great job at it. Enough formalities. Present the sacrifice. What sacrifice? By the cosmic power of the universe and copious amounts of catnip, Henley has the power to consume all the cereal. He just chooses a share. Hand over the tithing. Please. No, I'm hungry. And this is my house. You're getting nothing. So, so be, be it. it. Stevie, hit play. DJ Redbeard. DJ Moritz. We're hopping on the mic. Cause we're dumb and bored. I got the info. I got the tapes. Join us for an hour, cause you're better off late. Listen while you're doing your dishes. Take a small walk. Welcome everybody for some home-cooked small talk. I'm Morgan, and my co-host here is... Norman. Norman? No, you're Connor. Or however you say it backwards. I know we've done that bit before. Ronak. Ronak. It's, it's, um, Morgan and Ronak. I'm not gonna do mine backwards, it's... Uh, but you're listening to Home Cook Small Talk. Woo! And boy, boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Connor, what yes? what day is this coming out on? Is it All Hallows Eve? Yes. Yes, it is. And it, it, I think it's fair to say that we have a tradition now for our Halloween episodes. Is that right? I guess so, but if you wouldn't mind reminding me. Well, Connor, we, we tend to pick a horror franchise. Uh, last year, we did multiple because, hey, I didn't have a baby. But this year, we picked one. We picked one big battle horror franchise. And we're going to talk about it all episode. And that's right, Connor. What what do we pick this year? Uh, I think we picked that one that has the really skinny guy. The skinny guy? Oh, yeah, the male's here. Oh, male's here. Is it is it the mailman franchise? It's terrifying. Ter- yeah, that sounds horrible. You you put your letters in the mail. You know, you put the very important documents that have to get there by a certain deadline, and they never show up. Make it so that you accrue more and more late fees. And you know, 
Connor, that might be a nightmare for someone who is a mailman or who is, say, maybe um, an accountant or something, right? I don't know. Just go, just go with me here, right? Uh-huh. And uh, what franchise would you be having nightmares in all the time? Uh, a nightmare on Elm Street. Thanks, Connor. Appreciate appreciate the help. <laughs> that, I, I was meticulating the words in my mouth. Uh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be talking about a nightmare on Elm Street on this year's Halloween episode of Home Cooked Small Talk. But before, but before that, Connor... I'm a bit hungry. I'm not starving yet. So I think it's time to hit the appetizers. Am I right? Appetizers. So let's talk about some news, Connor. I feel like every episode we come on here and talk about DC because, boy, they don't know what they're doing. Nope. But Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Yeah. Ezra Killer. Uh, might be facing a lot of jail time, but we're not here to talk about that today. We're here to talk about the other things with DC. They... You know, DC really isn't doing much when there's announcements for like five to six new movies and only one of them comes out. But we're in that stage of life again. So I'm going to run down. I'm going to run down some of the news for you, Connor. And I want you after each one to say hot or not. Okay. James Gunn is developing a new mysterious DC film. Lukewarm. Lukewarm. Okay. A new Henry Cavill Superman movie is in development. Cold. Oof. Hot take. Matt Reeves is in development on multiple spinoff projects of the Batman, including Clayface, Scarecrow, and Professor Pig. (laughs) And then finally, a script for The Flash 2 is done cold ice cold it's so cold if you were to drop it in a lake it would instantaneously freeze wow yeah it's a lot of a lot of movie news i don't think much of this is going to come to fruition but i think i think maybe one of those matt reeves movies gets finished or projects i do think a james gunn thing will come out the superman i don't know that's a coin toss to me the flash 2 is only going to come out with a recast so yeah, I don't know, man. Lots, lots of news. Lots, much ado about nothing. Shout out to our boy. Um, you know. Okay, but moving on. Let's move on from DC to MCU. Connor, you were pretty excited about this one. I know. Yeah. Wow. You want to tell us about it? Yes, sir. So, dear listeners. I think, I, I think you know exactly who Thunderbolt Ross, the character who appeared in the background of a lot of previous MCU films was. At least I hope. Well, he was previously portrayed by William Hurt, I believe was his name. And Hurt he was, for he is dead now. <laughs> yes, he unfortunately <laughs> passed away, I believe, last year. Rest in peace. I'm so sorry. That was awful of me. Okay. But Kevin Feige... The Kevin himself said, the show must go on. And so they decided to recast this elderly actor, but I wouldn't say old actor, with an even older actor. And they decided they needed a gruff tumble man. A man who's been in lots of sci-fi franchises before. A man who plays no games. 
uh, a man who uh, can run the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, a man who can send you off of his plane, a man who can hunt down a one-armed man, a man who can make a uh, U.S. Marshal say they don't care. It's Harrison Ford! A man who can run with blades. <laughs> Harrison a Ford! Can, a man who can chill with uh, Jack London books. Harrison Ford is in the MCU now. He's going to be the Red Hulk. I'm so excited to hear his interviews where he talks about how much he hates comic books. I just love his interviews in general where he talks about how much he hates sci-fi movies in general. Yeah, he's like, I hate doing all this stuff. I like the paycheck. It's tough for me. (laughs) I have you in Skywise. Screw yourself, kid. (laughs) Good old Harrison Ford coming to ruin every Disney property. But by ruin, I mean make a million times better, but also just ruin the advertising and PR for all of their campaigns. But I digress. I'm excited for this. I think it's a fun recast. It it is weird having such a high-profile actor come in as the recast. Especially when it was a very low-profile character up until this point. Yeah, but... Maybe enough people will just forget that he was even in the other movies, you know. I mean, it wouldn't be that hard for them to have just replaced the character with Harrison Ford's character. Yeah. Or a new character played by Harrison Ford. Yeah. But, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, My most anticipated movie of the year, Connor. A long-awaited sequel for millions of years. (laughs) We've sat on this earth. We sat on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, scrolling uh, the television, looking at what to watch, going to TBS, watching 24 hours straight of a Christmas story. Yeah, I'll show you What What if I told you that this year, Connor, there'll be another movie to watch for 24 hours straight? Oh, man. They're making a fourth Christmas story movie? It's just the second canonical movie, Okay. It's a Christmas story, Christmas. So they're celebrating Christmas in the new one? That's what I'm guessing. Man, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I really wish that they, they're not doing this, but I wish they did the whole wet, hot American summer thing where they were actually still just playing like their kids selves like a year later. But like the the same actors. But no, it takes place in the modern day, which, you know, whatever, lame. Ah, But I'm pretty excited. This comes out in a few weeks, I think. I'm definitely going to watch it. Oh, it's 100% is going to be a a rapid fire coming up. 100%. I might uh, put it on the TV in front of my grandparents and say, watch. Watch this. Uh, But yeah. Some sad news, since we are talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street this whole episode, uh, the actor for Jason Voorhees, Ted White, has died. Do you think there's any chance that um, his body in a lake is going to get struck by lightning and reincarnate him? You know, the odds are slim, but not impossible. That's what we like to hear on Home Cooked Small Talk. You know, if that were to happen, I really hope that Robert England 
Engelin, however you pronounce his name, the man who played Freddy Krueger, yes, is ready to put on his itchy sweater and fedora and claw and defend us from that possibility. <laughs> um, we did actually watch a franchise um, get struck by lightning this week and come back from the dead. Silent Hill is back, baby. I think they announced like three new Silent Hill games and a remake of Silent Hill 2. Yeah, that was kind of wild. Yeah, I'm excited for all of this. Um, I know there are some development teams uh, partaking that I don't like very much and have low expectations for, but I'm just kind of waiting to see what's going on. I don't know. You, you know what the wildest flex, though, though, in regards to Silent Hill and coming back from the dead would have been, though? What? What if Sony relisted PT on the PlayStation Store? Hey, Jeff Keighley teased it the other day. I that think would be wild. I think there might be an announcement coming at the Game Awards this year. That would be so wild. What if they just... That's all they do, though. They they don't do anything else. But That's, that's the Game Awards. He <laughs> walks up to the podium. Ladies and gentlemen, I regret to inform you there will be no announcements or games today other than this. PT is now on the PlayStation Store. Goodbye. <laughs> and it's just a teaser. Like They don't expand it or anything. Be beautiful. Be a beautiful time. And then let's celebrate. Final thing for the appetizers, Connor, is the student uh, loan debt relief application is out now. It takes two seconds to fill out. Yahoo! Did you do it already? Oh, yeah, I did it. Nice. I did it. Me too. It took me probably less than a minute. Me too. You, I was dreading it because i thought i was gonna have to go find documents or passwords or something but no it asked what's my name my date of birth my social security number and i think one or two yes or no questions and i was able to submit yeah it was super easy um if anyone even thinks that they might um might uh be applicable for all this uh go apply go do it takes yeah like three minutes tops but, Connor, I think yeah. we should celebrate all this by moving on to the main course. Of the course. The main course? Of course. Of course. <laughs> and let's start off this week's main course with Beard to Table. And now it's time for Beard to Table. The show where I dine and review straight from my table to you. Enjoy. All right, mine is getting cold, Connor. So do you mind if I start first? Oh, you're setting up a microwave. Do you hear the beeps, everyone? It's beautiful noise. Music to my ear. I'm sure Goose would will love to hear it when it's out. Um, are you are you here? What's up, baby girl? Oh, what's up? All right, so while it's microwaving, I'm going to start with mine, okay? Since it's getting cold. Or it's starting to. All right. What what, what kind of drink you got? I brought the Stapleton Latte from the Fainting Goat Coffee Company in Spring Hill, Mm -hmm. Tennessee. So I absolutely love the Fainting Goat. Uh, They love to change their whole style up for all the seasons. And this time of year... 
they the goat that is always upside down on their logo as if he is painted is now a zombified mummy and they're ba- mm-hmm. instead of like the z like sleeping marks coming off of him they're actually bats it's very cute i'll have to uh, post a pic i'll have to send a pic but that's that's what we're looking at here but the drink itself is called the stapleton latte now uh it is part of their fall menu i was gonna go with the kettle corn one because uh, i thought that was more fall flavory but it's actually sold out right now tears um but the stapleton latte is infused with a reduction of whiskey and their artisan queen caramel. So, cheers. Down the hatch. It's really nice. Um, you definitely do taste a little bit of whiskey. It's like a warm, inviting. Like, I, I'd want to take have this after my shift tonight at work, not before it, you know? I just want to yeah. cozy up to a fire drink this and go to sleep it's really nice um yeah man dude i i love this coffee place uh they're the other things on their fall menu i've had that they have like real apple cider that they do with a cloud of whipped cream and caramel on top that one's really good and then they have a bunch of pumpkin spice ones which you know me and my pumpkin spice connor Oh, you love it. It's your favorite thing on the planet. My favorite thing. It's not like the Papa Meat uh, video. <laughs> I do not turn into a monster for pumpkin spice. Um, how how much time is know. left on your uh, meal, Connor? Three minutes. Three minutes. Oh, Lord. Right. Oh. The thing is, Morgan. The thing is. You know how we're doing this pumpkin spice challenge? Uh, uh-huh. What if I told you this isn't a one for one or a two for one? Oh, no. What if I told you you're getting three in one? Three in one. Holy smokes. That's right, sir. Because I got three things. That's that's almost like what Freddy versus Jason versus Ash would have been. Yeah. So. Cracking. Yeah, bust it out. I want to list the three things I got. Sure thing. So the very first thing I got over a month ago, back when we were planning this challenge, I've got a jar of, and this is from the jam shop, spiced pumpkin butter. And Woo! I don't know why they call it butter, but from what I can tell, this is pumpkin spice jam. I have some Land of Lakes pumpkin spice butter this is actual butter with pumpkin spice in it and i've got pepperidge farm pumpkin spice bread (laughs) and you know i could i can think of many ways to serve bread and time and time will have shown that i go the distance when it comes to these things so i can think of multiple ways to serve this bread yep So are you doing all of them then? I have a piece of the bread Uh straight out of the package. It actually smells a lot like uh, raisin, uh, cinnamon raisin. Okay. Not my favorite of breads, but that's exciting. I'm going to start with the pumpkin spice regular, just straight out of the bag. Yeah, sure. Of course. Presenting it to the mouth, sir. 
It's good. What's it taste like? <laughs> I'll be honest, it just tastes like slightly... Um, the pumpkin's not really a dominant flavor. It kind of just tastes like a really strong cinnamon bread. Okay. It's ready. One, two, pumpkin spice is coming for you. Three, four, Connor's opening the door. Five, six, bearded table exists. Look at this beautiful music Connor's making here. Welcome back. I've returned. You have returned. How are With you the doing? the spicy bread. The sp spicy bread. I'm just going to chop this slice up real quick. Oh, man. Oh, man. Into three separate sections. Because, Morgan, yes. we've got three different taste tests now. Let's go. I so, love when you do these, man. First, we're going to try it with regular butter. Okay. Why? Simple. We need to control, people. We need to control. You need to find out how the thing is before you put the things in it. Yeah, that's exactly the phrasing I would have gone with, too. I know. <laughs> you can totally not take that out of context, ever. Ever. You it's not allowed. It's just straight facts. Straight facts. You're not allowed to take that out of context. Exactly. <laughs> so, I'm going to present the now buttered and toasted bread to the mouth. And you know what they say, butter safe than sorry, am I right? Mmm. That is very delightful. Okay. So it hits with regular the, uh, butter. Heat really brings out the uh, added flavoring. I might have over toasted a little bit though. Made it a little dry. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Wow, this is a very prominent, wow. So I just opened the butter yeah i was expecting it to be a very bright orange color mm -hmm. it is brown oh that's um and my nose is immediately assaulted which is the smell of pumpkin pie oh goodness that sounds like the worst possible thing to me <laughs> okay okay what something wrong with it so you know how pumpkin pie filling, when you scoop through it, it gets that really distinct texture? Yeah. This butter has that very distinct texture. That's gonna be as pretty, soon as I put the knife through it. That's going to be pretty gross on some bread. Okay. What? <laughs> I hope you enjoy. <laughs> All right. Since we're doing a three for that, I should... I'm going to sample a little bit of the butter by itself. <laughs> okay, this tastes exactly like pumpkin pie filling. Oh, okay. Maybe it just is. 
but it melts really quick in your dude okay something went horribly wrong in the laboratory but this was the positive benefit that came from it <laughs> this was the goo they scraped off the walls nice they tried to bring the great pumpkin to life and the result was butter that tastes exactly like pumpkin pie filling and melts in your mouth it's after they lost charlie brown all right are you, are you trying it on bread now i am okay okay this is way too much pumpkin spice mm. like the butter by itself on regular bread i think would be good or the bread by itself with butter is very good but pumpkin spice butter on the pumpkin spice bread is way too much <laughs> good to know good to know <laughs> all right out of all three i'm sure oh, you haven't tried all three yet oh my gosh no i'm not I'm sure that would appease some of the crazy women in our lives that absolutely love pumpkin spice. No, can't get enough of it. Or men too, you know. You know, you get you get those pumpkiny people. Not me though. Time to open the jar. Open the jar. Did it get you? Wow, this smells exactly like a jar of pumpkin. a jar of pumpkin. Ooh, that tastes exactly like... Actually, it just tastes like a jarred pumpkin. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's cool. It tastes exactly like spreadable pumpkin. Rubbing it on my bread. Mm -hmm. Um, um, um. Okay, I like that better than the regular butter. Because okay. this, um, they say it's spiced, but I don't think it has pumpkin spice in it. So like just pumpkin. So it's just a jar of pumpkin that got turned into jam, and I think they might have added a couple of spices to it. Okay. This is good. Nice. I would eat this on bread regularly. Is it like too much on the pumpkin spice bread? The pumpkin spice bread like has a little splash of pumpkin in it, but it's not really noticeable. Okay. Kind of like raisin bread. The bread gets a little bit of the flavor, but it's a little hard to notice. Sure. It's the same with the pumpkin spice bread. And it really brings out the pumpkin flavor and it complements the spice that's in the bread quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty satisfied with that. Nice. So overall, this is like a surprisingly good experience then, huh? Yeah, I would say that my favorite was the um, the jar of pumpkin preserves <laughs> on the bread, yep. followed by the butter, followed by straight out of the bag, followed by with the pumpkin spice butter. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Do you, do you wish any of these products were year-round? Maybe the pumpkin spice jam, because that's actually pretty good. Okay. Great. Nice. As man. someone who casually enjoys pumpkin and would willingly just... I, okay, I wouldn't just bite into the pumpkin I can see <laughs> sitting in front of my house right now. Are you sure? <laughs> but I would be willing to cook it and then eat it. Dude, I want some, some um, uh, roasted pumpkin seeds so bad right now. 
That is what I'm planning to make with that pumpkin that's oh, sitting up lovely. in front of my house. Um, you should send me some. I'm making a jack o' lantern. Well, let's get into something real spooky, Connor, in this week's Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire! Rapid Fire! Rapid Fire! And by spooky, I mean potentially disgusting? Offensive? Revolting? I don't know. You be the judge, Connor, because this week you watched DC League of Super Pets. And I want you to tell me all about it. So... I want to start off. Where where were you watching this? What what was the situation that led you to this? So, I'm trying to remember exactly what day of the week this was. <laughs> I was pretty bored. It might have been last Saturday. Okay. I was just looking for something to watch. As one does. I was pretty desperate. I'm laying down in bed. Henley's sitting in my lap. Nice. I can't get out of bed. The, that's going to disturb the cat. I, I have to sit there until the cat's done. Yeah, God forbid you uh, interrupt. I know. I, I, I go on Netflix. I can't see anything that sticks out to me. I go on Disney Plus. Nada. Nada, nada, nada. And then I open HBO. And that's the first thing that I saw. I scrolled for a minute through their news section. Said, screw it. How bad could it be? And I hit play. That's the situation that got me here. That's the situation? Okay. Well, all right. What's the premise of this movie? Real rough premise. So, crypto. You remember the overly attached girlfriend meme? Yeah, yeah. That's crypto to Superman. Okay. Crypto's obsessed with Superman. He doesn't like it when Superman spends time with other people, especially not Lois. Oh. And it's hitting the fan with this because Superman's about to propose to Lois and Crypto, mm-mm, Crypto don't want none of that. Oh, no. So he's going through intricate ways that he can break them up. That's the concept the of this meantime, movie? Oh, sorry. Okay, my bad. My bad. But in the meantime, there's a there's a rescue shelter like three blocks away from them. Aw. And they've got animals. Like a dog. A red squirrel. A potbelly pig. A tortoise. And a bald guinea pig. Wow, that's a interesting shelter they just let any animals come in huh i know but here's the thing okay the bald guinea pig is evil no not the bald guinea pig and the bald guinea pig was a lab rat in lex luther's laboratory until superman and crypto saved her the thing is she was in such a toxic work environment that she got Stockholm Syndrome into thinking Lex Luthor loved her. Oh, man. See, and... Wait, can I, can I give my quick pitch of what I thought happened before you explained that they saved her? Uh-huh. Um, I thought this was going to actually be, like, canonical to the DC uh, EU, and that, you know how Superman is very violent and destroys a lot of property, right? 
Yeah. Well, what if all the pets in the shelter were just from all the homes that Superman ruined? <laughs> so you're like, yeah, they saved the guinea pig by destroying her home. <laughs> and we're like, well, I guess you could go to a shelter if you want. Uh, anyway, <laughs> carry, carry on, carry on. <laughs> so uh, Lex Luthor's experiments made her bald and incredibly smart. <laughs> Whoa. And she harbors resentment for Crypto because Crypto saved her from Lex Luthor's laboratory against her will and took her to the shelter. How dare he? And now she wants revenge. Cool. So that's the big setup? So Lex Luthor pulls a giant orange kryptonite asteroid from space and breaks it down to Earth. And orange kryptonite, according to this movie, gives people who come in contact with it superpowers but here's the thing that lex didn't realize it only works on animals <laughs> so a chunk of it gets sucked into the uh, shelter because the guinea pig somehow built a machine that can grab asteroids from space in her cage at the shelter and pulled it down giving her telekinesis which she then promptly used to beat up Superman. Oh, dang. And the rest of the Justice League. Okay. And goes on a rampage. <laughs> Wait, is there... But it also worked on the other shelter pets. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And now they're all running around trying to stop the guinea pig, who also gave other guinea pigs superpowers. Wow, that's that's amazing. Okay, now can I have some questions. Are you ready to answer them? perhaps so does crypto know about clark kent or just superman or he came to earth inside of superman's uh spaceship so is he confused when superman becomes clark kent he's like why are you why are you pretending to be something else or does Not crypto really, no. also have a, a secret identity Crypto also has a secret identity. Uh, what's what's Crypto's name? Oh, that's great. What's Crypto's name when he's in his... I didn't catch it. Dang. I hope it's something like Carl or Cal. Something nice and simple. That's nice. Okay, so the powers that other pets get, do any of them resemble any of the other Justice League members? Yes. Like, is that, that's like a bit so that the they tortoise, do? Mm-hmm. The tortoise can run super fast. Oh, nice. Shout out to Ezra Miller. Um, cool. Um, okay. Are there any other rogue gallery members in this movie? Um, I'm sure there are, but I can't think of any that stuck out to me. Okay, sure. Do you do you get to see Superman's face and everything? Yes. Wow. Um, okay. And The Rock is in this movie, right? Somehow? Yes. Who, who does The Rock play? So The Rock plays Crypto. What? But he also plays Black Adam. Yeah. Wait, in and the Black movie? Black Adam's dog. What? 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 Wait, wait, Black Adam is in this movie? Yes. 
is it animated or just somehow live action Black Adam? <laughs> it's animated. Okay, at least there's that. That would have been a lot. Um, is Shazam in the movie then? No. Oh, okay. So this was just a cross promotional stunt. Yeah. It, it's really awkward because The Rock plays three characters in one scene. And they all talk to each other, I'm guessing. Two of them talk to each other, and he uses the exact same voice for all three characters. <laughs> of course, he doesn't have other voices. Come on. He's a wrestler. Yeah, I find it hilarious that a couple of years ago, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, straight up, like, in interviews, was openly criticizing um, casting celebrities as voice actors when professional voice actors exist. Well, he he's a professional voice actor now. <laughs> and then, like, two years later, he did Moana yeah and now he's doing voice roles so so let me yeah so after the first voice role you do then you're a professional voice actor right is that how that works apparently according to the Dwayne the rock johnson so he only did did the bad thing once <laughs> after that it's fine i mean when you when you think of moana you, you know the only other person they were gonna cast to play maui was probably just lin-manuel I mean, casting Dwayne The Rock Johnson was a brilliant play because of his background. They also, yeah, they like designed Maui to look like The Rock. Yeah. I mean, it worked out. It worked out. But okay, okay. Uh, All right. Uh, Other questions here. Were there any other members of the Justice League in this movie? Yes. Okay. Wonder Woman was in it. Wonder Woman. Uh, Green Lantern was in it. Batman was in it. All right. I have a theory about the ending. So I'm just going to ask you, do they end up adopting all the other pets by the end of the movie? Yes. (laughs) Why didn't I write this movie, Connor? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you you remember all the pairings? So the Flash got the really fast tortoise. Good, good. Okay. Which, hilarious, Lantern, by the way. <laughs> who, and I don't know if, I only know a handful of alternate Green Lanterns. Um, That's fine. Green Lantern in this movie was a Latina woman. Okay. I, I don't know if there's a comic book equivalent name for her. I'm not that well-versed. Um, I really just know Hal Jordan, uh, John Stewart, and Cal, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, but a Green Lantern. But... She got the lightning squirrel. Sick. That's cool. Uh, Wonder Woman got the pot-bellied pig. <laughs> nice, nice. Who'd Batman get? The world wants to know. Ace the super dog. Or Ace the bat dog or whatever his name is. Oh, nice, nice. But Aquaman adopted... One of the guinea pigs. Okay. Seems like a choice. Can it swim or anything? Yeah, it turns itself into water, I think. Into water? Yeah. What? (laughs) That's its power? That was its superpower. It turns itself into water. What if it freezes? Uh... (laughs) Hopefully you thought out in time. 
wow that's okay wow um okay okay now did you like this movie better than the Zack Snyder Justice League Let me put it this way to you. Okay. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh-huh. That's a commitment. Yeah. That's a, that's very long. All right. How about the other... It's so long. What about even just the normal Justice League? Zack Snyder's... Zack Snyder's Justice League is such a long commitment. It's essentially a miniseries. Yeah. This is a less than two hour long movie. So it's better. Well... If you were to strap me to a chair yep. and tell me you can get out of this chair as soon as you finish either Zack Snyder's The Justice League or League of Super Pets, I mean, I might have to pee in an hour, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I'm probably going to go with Super Pets okay. because I, I'll be out of that chair in an hour and a half. Well, well there you have it, folks. Um, is there Okay, was there any joke that was good or stood out in this movie? Even if you can't recite it, or you just like, ah, that was funny. Like, do you remember? Was there a moment? So the moment the movie died in my eyes <laughs> was uh, so Crypto was giving this big elaborate speech to the super pets. Sure, sure. He's trying to inspire them to be great heroes and save the Justice League and save the day, stop the game, pig, yada 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 yada. And then the whole thing gets disrupted because Ace is just peeing on a fountain. Oh, that's great. That's hilarious, man. He's a dog. That's so good. <laughs> well, there you have you it. Would you would you recommend this movie to Keanu anyone? Reeves played Batman. I forgot to mention Oh, this. well, okay. That makes it worth it. That's That instantly makes and it better than the Justice League. I would watch an animated spinoff movie of Keanu Reeves' Batman. That would be pretty sweet. Because... They embraced every Batman meme. <laughs> That's so good. And I'm imagining he didn't even have that much screen time, right? He didn't have that much screen time. He's just like, I really want to help my parents so bad. <laughs> nice. Like, someone, I'm trying to remember the scene. Um, I think like Batman was about to beat someone up and they're like, well, at least I have parents. Like, Oh man, that's so. Uh. He like drops battering. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's some good stuff. That's some... yeah. You punch me right in the fields, man. Wow. All right. Would you recommend this movie to anyone? Maybe if you can find a YouTube supercut of nothing but Batman scenes in this movie. Well, and the the peeing ace scene. Oh, of course. That sounds like the best scene in the movie. So. Okay, cool. There you have it, folks. Um, all right, Connor, you ready to move on to the biggest portion of the podcast? The biggest? The most research. It's time for rankings. All right, Connor. And this week, we prepped for over a month for. We watched all nine of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. I don't know about you, I made detailed notes for every single movie to help make my ranking proper. 
uh, I just finished watching them this morning, so it's fresh in my head. All nine movies. Should we should we uh, name out all the movies real quick for the viewers, for the listeners? Okay, cool. So what we got, the first one is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Then we have A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. 4, The Dream Masters. 5, The Dream Child. 6 is Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. 7, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. 8, Freddy vs. Jason. And finally, 9, the 2010 remake, A Nightmare on Elm Street. You watch all nine of these movies, correct? Yes, sir. Um, before we get into our ranking, how do you feel overall? You know, Nightmare on Elm Street's kind of held up as this legendary nightmare franchise. And for me, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It was... I will say this. I thought the highs in this franchise were really high. Yeah. The lows were very low. And there are nine movies. And there wasn't a lot of mid-tier stuff. Not a lot of mid-tier. I think there is maybe one mid-tier movie. Maybe two. All right. How do we want to do this, man? It's nine movies. Do we want to do a back and forth? Just go one, one person to the next? Well, I didn't really have a good way of ranking these. Oh, Lord. Okay. So I kind of know what I think is the worst, and I kind of know what I think is the best. Okay. But I kind of just have notes for them, like, I guess relatively, like, if I put them in the middle, the up, or the low. Sure. Okay. So how about this? Since I, I put them all in the order, in my personal order. I think I should rank, like, go through my ranking, and why don't you pitch in when you have notes on each movie? Okay. And then I want you to tell me, like, your top and bottom. Does that work? Yeah, that works. All right, man. My number nine, my bottom movie, is 2010's A Nightmare on Elm Street. I I did think there were some better scenes in this movie than some of the other movies near the bottom of this list. However, it was just so lifeless. There was nothing creative about it. There was no heart or soul. It was just a pure rehash. And somehow the scenes that they replicated from the original movie over 30 years or right around 30 years earlier were less scary than the original movie. Uh, Freddy's design was pretty rough. However, I did like the recast itself. I know you have notes on that too. And I finally, my last note is the actual final scene of this movie. Uh, do you remember that when they get home and Laurie's like, "Thanks for having my back, mom," and then like the mom gets murdered right before the credits. I thought that was like the genuine good scare of this movie. It was very early two, 2010s late. 2000s like jump scared cut to black like chaos but yeah this is my last worst movie Connor what do you think about this one I thought this was pretty bad yeah. so I'm gonna read you off 
because I took notes as I was watching this movie. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. And these were the very first notes I took from this movie in the first 20 minutes. Wow, this is bad. Freddy is so low energy and creepy in a pedo way. Yeah. I can't tell if he wants to bang them or kill them. And he looks like Jocelyn Wilderstein. Yeah. <laughs> they changed his origin story, so he did bang the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I don't know on that too. Sorry, I just So it was weird. They they kind of introduced this idea that he um did more with the kids than kill them in Freddy vs. Jason, and they kind of ran with it here. And I thought it was a weird thing. I was like, I think he was evil enough already. Yeah, it was, it was a choice for sure. Well, the thing I find ridiculous here is in the mid part of the movie, they go through the, oh my gosh, mom and dad, you killed this man. We were just making up stories, yada, 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 yada. And then, like, the very next scene, they find his cave where he did it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wait, he actually did touch us. Yeah. Like, it'd be, it, it would have been an interesting twist to make us think Freddy was a pedo and then find out that he's actually just a vengeful spirit trying to punish the people who wrongfully had him killed. Yeah. But nope, they didn't have the cojones to go through with that so i think they had that stupid twist on a twist it is also just like a little hard sell of like well if he was this decent good man then shouldn't he just be after the parents and not trying to kill the kids that he loved you know well they did lie though at least that's what i thought was what they were gonna do with that yeah but i mean they're also like eight between like six and eight years old So, like, that's I silly. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's got that's a lot of holes in it movie. for a remake. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I also... Okay, my other, only other note on this movie. Um, I feel like in the original few movies, Freddy kind of made some of the deaths look, like, questionable. Like, oh, this kind of made sense that this happened. But in this one... He was just like, no, nah, they're just going to be violent deaths that you can't really explain without logic. Like the, the the scene in the jail when the friend gets killed. In the original movie, they made it look uh-huh. like a suicide. But in this one, without the his prison roommate even having a weapon, just slashed his chest open and left him dead in the room. And it's like, how did that even happen? <laughs> like, how do you even like say this happened? So... I don't know. That happened a lot in this movie. Yeah. A, a very consistent trend throughout the entire series is that all the adults are idiots. Oh, 100%. 100%. Until you get to the later movies, which we'll talk about. But, all right. Are you, are you ready to move on from this one? Yeah, I'm ready to move on. All right. On. Let's wipe the stink off this. All right. My number eight is i'm just trying to remember the number of this movie um would be nightmare on elm street 6 freddy's dead the final nightmare this movie has just got a ton of 90s stink on it (laughs) which i guess for some might make it like a cult classic but for me it it went a little too far on the cheese all right 
well, let me paint a picture for you. Connor, do you remember how this movie opens before the first scene? So I have a note yep. that says old lady was a savage RIP queen. Yes. Okay. So even before that, this movie opens with a quote from Frederick Nietzsche on the screen and then a quote from Freddie after it. And what the reason why this one's slightly higher than the remake is because this movie was probably just as horrible as the remake, but at least it had some soul to it, man. <laughs> they really tried with the vision here. But okay, there were references, for pop culture references, for the real first time. The first nightmare in this movie literally has Freddy as the Wicked Witch in the tornado. Yep. Um, that was wild. Later on in the movie, he's sitting down at a TV playing video games, and then he uses a power glove to kill someone, mm-hmm. which that was kind of fun. But um, And then you fin- we finally get some of Freddy's backstory in this movie. So those, those were some of the good things. Um, Can uh, I cut in real quick? Yeah, of course. So the very first thing for me when it comes to this movie is so there's a plot twist in this movie when it comes to Freddy's backstory, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to just say what it is? No, you go for it. I want you to talk a little bit. So we find out in this movie that Freddy has a kid. Mm-hmm. And one of the boys in the movie is convinced he's Freddy's kid and he goes to sacrifice himself, yada yada yada, and then Freddy right before he kills him is like I have a kid, but she's a daughter. And then it kills the kid. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. So, the thing that ruined this movie for me, on HBO, I went to click on it. Mm -hmm. As the movie's loading, I looked at the description, and it straight up says, Freddy's after his daughter. Oh. Spoiled the whole plot twist. Spoiled the entire plot twist by putting that in the description. That's so unfortunate. Um, do you, okay, before before the death and they change perspectives for the rest of the movie, do you even remember what the main boy's name is? Because that's also part of why this nope. movie is so bad. His name is John Doe. <laughs> they, they went there. Yeah. Did you uh, notice all the cameos in this movie, though? There are a few that I noticed, but I didn't, I don't have a, a lot of them written down. So do you have any fun ones? Roseanne was in it. <laughs> what? Roseanne Barr was in this movie with her then husband Tom Arnold. That's beautiful. Johnny Depp was in this movie. Yeah, I did. I did he notice the, the Johnny TV Depp screen. one. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there was others I didn't write down. Yeah. Oh. Also, finally, the other big part of this movie is they finally tried to explain what the heck is going on with Freddie. Yeah. Which I think was kind of a mistake. Although I will say it is something I wondered this whole franchise. I'm like, okay, I get why Freddy is vengeful, why he's trying to kill the kids. But what just because you die and you're vengeful means that you can come into people's dreams and do this stuff? And they're like, no, he made a deal with demons who like are these little flying skull things. Yeah, I like how every single movie reinvented <laughs> the explanation for Freddy's ability to still be there and have power despite the previous movie. Yeah. 
Oh man, this one was it was so interesting. It was such a creative idea. But oh, you go. You it's go. like he had all these Horcruxes or something. Yeah, <laughs> and every movie is just a new Horcrux. Do you remember how they ended up winning in the final fight? Like how the how the girl got to face Freddy. Um, this was pure oh, beautiful nineties. No, that was a previous movie that brought in the nun. Um, yeah. I could tell you. She put on 3D glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to get into his psyche. So, there you have it, folk. If, if Freddy is ever after you, just put on some 3D glasses and you'll be all right. Okay. Whew. I think we need to move on. We need to keep going. My number seven is... A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. What if I told you that Freddy can haunt your unborn son's dreams? That's the whole movie. See, at the beginning of this movie, I thought it was really cool um, how him being able to pull people into the dreamland was cool. Yeah. Um. And for the previous movie, I was really disappointed by the movie that came before this because the kills got a lot less creative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for this movie, the set design and the way that incorporates into Freddy's kills was a lot better. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool twist the way they made it so that it was using the baby's dreams. Yeah. I I thought the plot... Like, the concept was cool. I liked it up until they started introducing the baby as, like, a, like an actual kid. Like, when they made, like, here's yeah. the eight-year-old version of the kid or whatever, you know? Yeah, that was too much for me. I was like, I like the baby baby stuff. And then, yeah, you know? And then um, Freddy's sister plays a big role in this movie, the nun. That was his mother. That was his mother? Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Jeez, look at yeah. this. Yeah. That was the younger version of his mother. Yes. So his mother played a big role in this movie. Um I don't know. Uh there was that one scene when Freddie was trying to like so the kid's name is Jacob, and he's trying to make Jacob into like a little Freddy, and I think he holds the glove for a second, and it's pretty funny to see. Because oh yeah, because Jacob like attacks Freddie with the glove. And it was very silly uh-huh. to look at. That was in my notes there. Um, I don't remember what. Oh, the okay, the scene in the fridge. Do you remember that one? In the fridge. Um. So this was hmm. right around the time I believe when um there is the girl at the dinner party was choking and ended up dying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought that whole scene was really interesting because, like, she ended up having a nightmare at the dinner party of envisioning everyone at the party, like, being their worst selves about her, with, like, and diving into all her insecurities and everything, which was pretty interesting itself. But her friend, like, was yeah. having the dream knowing that she was dying while opening the fridge. And it was just like, I think there was like a little jump there and it was just so cool. I really liked how they framed that. I was speaking of that. But overall, man, I really did not like this movie at all. 
Oh, oh, and fine. I, I think I was a little hotter on it than you were. Yeah, and we're reverse on this movie and the movie before it. So that's kind of interesting. There was some really good stuff in here. But, okay, so Dan's parents were monsters, man. Oh, absolutely. They were horrible. They're trying to steal, um, what, what's her name, Al- Alice? Yeah. They were trying to steal her kid. Uh, I think Alice was the previous girl. Alice was the previous girl? I think so. Um, well, of course, I didn't write character names down. How do I not know this? I thought Alice was the previous girl. Well, this main girl was the girl for th- two and a half movies straight now. No, it was Alice. It was definitely Alice. Okay. I must have mixed things up then. Yeah. I was like, she, she's she been the lead for like a movie and a half now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, also, Fred, this is the movie where Freddie starts being a little too ridiculous with his catchphrases. Like, they really start to dive in on him uh, saying stuff that people <laughs> like him saying, you know? They're like, what if we did that but ten times in the movie instead of twice? Just really being able to market it a little bit better. But All right, you said you were hotter on this movie. So what what else stood out to you? Like, what do you really like from this one? Well, I just really liked the kills. Yeah. One thing I find in these movies is that super hit or miss is the kills are either ridiculously tame, like you're in a dark room and Freddy keeps popping up and out, up and down, up and down. He's he's here. He's there. He's behind you. He's in front of you. Yada, yada, yada. And your throat slit. Yeah. Or you can have these super creative kills where you're sur- you're in an amusement park. I- I'm just pitching a kill right now, I think. Sure, sure. And you see all these contraptions. You're surrounded by annoying kids screaming, fat Americans being stereotypical. And all of a sudden there's a giant mechanical clown and Freddy pops out of that clown's nose and starts tormenting you or, you know, there's so there's creative kills with cool set design. And then there's lame, boring kills that aren't even interesting. They're just a slasher. Yeah. And I thought this movie was a huge improvement because it went back to the creative kills. Whereas I thought the previous movie really focused on the, generic slasher kills i i see that i see that maybe i don't know we'll see all right you ready to move on yes sir my number six which is nightmare on elm street eight freddy versus jason this was early 2000s camp it was a horror movie with a lot of action thrown into it for no reason uh the dis- uh what 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 other notes i had in there uh there were a few fun characters and the fight scenes between freddie and jason themselves were really funny in my opinion just like how they actually threw down and fought each other um let's see some notes i had from this movie itself um i love that how how manipulative freddie was with jason like kind of how that whole thing played out he seemed a lot more menacing when he got to go into is is Jason's mom is her name Laura, Lauren Voorhees I don't remember, um, but uh, let's see the cornfield party was pretty crazy that whole thing. Rest in peace, the Linderman man. That kid just wanted to not be a nerd anymore. No one let him break out of his shell until he died. Um, yeah. 
The, uh, okay, at, at the cornfield, the scene where Jason comes out of the corn uh, with those two guys and they're like ready to fight him and he just snaps one of their necks and turns it backwards. I was dying. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Uh, and then finally, just like they made Freddy racist in this movie. Which I thought was. Yeah. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. I mean. I guess time period wise it's not shocking but the fact that like it wasn't a thing for the first seven movies and then they're like oh let's let's add a little racism here and it's also very dated they use the r word quite a bit oh and then one of the classic lines in the whole franchise starts uh starts back up again here the welcome to my world one like right at the end yeah it was pretty good so that's my takes it's it's this is one of those middle of the pack movies for me where it definitely isn't good it doesn't hold up but like it's that pure early 2000s like this is what you're gonna get with a bad horror movie uh what are your thoughts man yeah it it was definitely a mid-tier movie for me the fight scenes were definitely the highlight of this movie yeah um i thought it was pretty cool how freddy was pulling the strings a bit with um invading people's dreams taking them over and doing things like shooting jason full of propofol or drugging him so he falls asleep um how he got him to go after the kids on elm street in the first place um i thought the fight scenes were incredible um it was kind of an interesting dynamic how the teens couldn't decide what to do are we gonna make it so freddy has an easier time killing jason are we going to help jason kill freddy etc i thought that was an interesting dynamic yeah i just thought the teens fell flat a little bit um i'm trying to remember exactly what it was about the teens i thought was stupid and i think it had something to do with their inhibitions or some of the decisions they made that just straight up got themselves killed. <laughs> Which reminds me, one of my favorite scenes in the whole franchise, Connor. Do you remember the jaybreak scene? They, the jaybreak. They go back to the mental hospital. And they're in like the security room and they're all leaving. And the one dude's like, yo, you want to smoke a J with me real quick and take a break? And they're like, no, dude. Oh, We're yeah. trying not to get murdered right now. So they just leave him and he he starts smoking (laughs) and Freddy comes and possesses him and makes him like pour out all the pills and everything. But like (laughs) that whole scene was so funny. Um, Yeah, I remember that. That one killed me. That was so good. But yeah, the characters were pretty dumb in this one. And um, I did... Okay, the only other thing that I thought was really interesting in this one, which will come up again in... Oh, it it won't come up again. Oh, we already passed it. All right, I have a note. Going back to The Final Nightmare for a second, because this is a direct sequel to The Final Nightmare, right? And Uh the only other cool thing about that movie was its pure base concept. And the idea of, like, what's the town? Is it spring? What's, What's the town they're in? spring something i don't know if they ever gave a name to the town they were in they definitely give it in that movie but whatever it is let's just say it's springtown for now um that springtown usa springtown usa the 
the whole concept of that movie is that this takes it took place a few years after and freddy had like completely took taken over and killed the majority of the kids in the town and like all the adults were aware of it knew it was a thing and kind of put the whole town in lockdown and most of them went insane but all the kids who survived and didn't get murdered were put into these mental facilities uh and like made sure they couldn't dream like they put them all on those pills and i thought that alone as a concept was cool and they, they kind of build off it here where um, they talk about, I don't know, it, it, it was just a pretty interesting approach to the movie for myself. Uh, the, the only other thing I wanted to say here, I took a picture of it. Maybe it didn't work, though. Um, huh. Well, oh, yeah. OK, the original um, script for that movie originally had a bunch of the townspeople they just wanted to like they actually liked the idea of freddy and wanted to be in freddy's world so they would take sleeping pills to hang out with them and that was the one that peter jackson actually wrote so anyway i just thought that was like very weird and interesting take on that but um yeah, man, I, I enjoyed this movie enough. It did the job. <laughs> you ready to move on? We can, yes. Right. Yes, yes, yes. All right, number five, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. I hated this movie the whole time I was watching it, but then by the time I finished, I was like, I actually like, really wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. And the whole concept of it is that, one, it's the, it's the one movie that they don't try to tie in all the original characters in. Very similar to, yeah, like, Halloween it, 3 in that sense. Sorry, what, what were you going to yeah, say, Yeah, it's Connor? the one that got skipped. Yes. Um, it's kind of the forgotten sequel. Um, yeah. It was the first one that wasn't directed by the original creator, Wes Craven. Because he did number three, and mm. all the movies following number three followed that. Yep. Yeah. Not two. And the whole concept of this movie is Freddy, basically, he doesn't possess, but he gets as close to possessing one of the kids as possible, because he wanted a real-life um, uh, partner, I guess. And it was all right. Uh, there were some scenes that were really cool. I did love, and they really started getting into it here, uh, which they did in the first one, which we'll get to later. But like, really, the idea that the main character like started the spiral into insanity from everything going on, just really liked how they portrayed that. And like, because I really didn't like the character much, but when you when he started going down the rabbit hole and truly losing his mind, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I don't have too many other notes from this movie. What do you got? I, so the, one of the big things they changed in this movie was Freddy's glove. Mm -hmm. They, instead of the classic Freddy glove, they decided to make it so that Freddy just had nail or blades sticking out of his fingertips. Yeah. While an interesting change, Freddy's glove's too iconic of a design to change at all. So I wasn't too hot on that change. Um, 
some of the special effects in this movie were awesome especially some of the body horror um i especially love the shot of when freddy was possessing the main kid in the bedroom right in front of his girlfriend and he like slices himself in half and freddy comes out (laughs) yeah i wrote the freddy birth scene was insane (laughs) like that looked so cool yeah but i just hated all of the characters like i especially hated the main kid's dad in this movie Mm -hmm. like i wanted to reach into the screen and like smack this dude he was such a pompous jerk bag yeah i hated the dad in this movie um but i just like such cool effects but such a lame story and characters i feel you you know the whole time and i was that's watching why this movie, movie is so mid for me yeah it's it's honestly i'm so cold on this movie yeah i really like didn't feel one way or the other when i was starting to rank all these i was like this could have gone lower it wasn't offensive to me you know it was just like so meh so i could have seen this going lower i picture um seth green could have been the main kid in this movie and like i would have been like yeah that makes sense um all right let's move on i don't want to talk about that one anymore i want to talk about where we finally have a big difference big disagreement here my number four is a nightmare on elm street four the dream master oh no god Oh my goodness, I'm wrong. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. But there, yeah, there you have it. Um, I'm shocked you made this number four. Yeah, I know. This is a big difference from a lot of popular opinion on this whole ranking here. Um, all right, let's see. Let's see. What were some of my notes from this movie? I think it had the ugliest title font <laughs> in the whole series. <laughs> Which was fun. I did a, I did really appreciate that the dream started to really become scary again. And there was lore in them. So mm-hmm. it did start to build up on the series a bit. Um, and the, the coolest interest for me in this movie, I felt like the first few movies in this franchise, even, even including the second one, all kind of had a theme that they wanted to tackle. And this one was like mental illness with suicide. It was a really tough thing to tackle, and I thought they actually did a pretty interesting thing with it and how they were relating to all the horrors that were actually happening. Um, Yeah, man. I, I have some bad notes, too, but I, I want to hear what you got to say here. I thought this honestly was the best in the series. Okay. A lot of people um, feel that way, so I'm not shocked. I think this had some of the coolest kills. Mm-hmm the one with the meat puppet that was terrifying yeah where freddy wakes the sleepwalker up and essentially controls him by ripping all of his tendons out of his body like a um like a puppet yeah the puppeteering was so and then gross. forces him yeah like the it looked real and then the shot of freddy standing above the clock tower in like in the sky is terrifying yeah um such a crazy kill and the guy is just aware of exactly how he's going to die he's just sleepwalking and 
fact, like what he's dreaming is what's happening to his body. It's not the normal thing where your body's disconnected from your dream and your body just dies in your bed. Yeah. That that is disturbing. And then the next kill after that, where the girl who's like, as soon as I get out of this hospital, I'm going to become an actress. And Freddy <laughs> tricks her into walking up to the TV. And then, the best line in this whole series. Oh, man. Best one-liner in the series. Welcome to primetime, witch. And then drags her into the TV, <laughs> killing her. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was so good. And then Lawrence Fishburne comes into the room. Is <gasps> Yeah, he, he met Mio. <laughs> It was so good. Um, oh man, the the, the shot. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was I, I'm I was gonna start my negative, so I want you to keep up with the positives first. Oh, so I'm actually getting into my negatives a little bit. Okay. Um, I like. I just thought it was so funny how when they went to go find Freddy's body in the graveyard and <laughs> rebury it in concentrated ground. The Jason the Argonauts looking skeleton. Yeah, I have a note on that. <laughs> that just shows up and beats them to death with a shuffle. <laughs> yeah, Skeleton Freddy was insane. <laughs> and then I hated the design of the main character, um, the returning from the first movie. Yeah. Because it's like, well, there's been two years since the first movie and she still looks like a teenager. How can we make her look like an adult? Oh, I know. Let's put her in the most unattractive 80s shoulder pad and put enough hairspray on her to put a hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 thought, <laughs> I thought where this movie, like where it kind of lost me a bit, like why it's not slightly higher than it is for me, is I do think once they get to the final showdowns, the fights and everything, they just, it takes itself slightly too seriously where I think like it should have embraced the cheese of like, you know, like the skeleton was like the goofiest thing. And then they're like, all right, here's all this karate and us punching Freddy in the face, but we're going to actually take it dramatically. And it, it just like, it didn't quite hit the right balance for me when it, when it finally got to that final act of the movie. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I thought there was a lot of good stuff here. The other, the other thing that was like hilarious was this when Freddy was a snake. Do you remember that part? No. Yeah, he like turned himself into a snake earlier in the movie, and like, yeah, that that one was good. Um, I did think the practical effects in this movie were great. Whenever they wanted to use them a bit more it was really solid so so you said this was your favorite of all the movies i personally thought this was the best one nice is anything else you want to talk about with it then before we move on not that i can think of off the top of my head other than the fact that that was silly that they killed the lead actress that was like the spearhead of movie one and three yeah all right man number three which for me would be Nightmare on Elm Street 7, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I loved, loved, loved this movie. The final three I really debated of where I should place them. Um, it actually had a fun creative beginning. 
And I wrote, does that even exist in this franchise? Because the first three movies in this franchise start with a nightmare. And, and this one does as well. Uh, and But in those movies, they're so bad, <laughs> the nightmares. This one is kind of bad, too. It really reminded me of, like, Evil Dead and Idle Hands when you see, like, the gloves start to kill everyone on the movie set. <laughs> um, but I just thought this movie was actually compelling. Like, the whole meta nature and, like, bringing back all the actors to play themselves instead of their characters and just really... It got really confusing when you're trying to talk about, okay, so Wes Craven is creating what's actually happening in the movie, and he's not stopping for some reason the whole time. Maybe it's like an inspiration thing. It just gets a little confusing. But I did want to focus and take some time on talking about Dylan, the kid. Because <laughs> Dylan is the biggest dweeb of a, like, a little horror child. And... There are so many notes with him. The whole... Do you remember after his dad died and he was starting to have all the big nightmares and, like, it was like, let's not scare this kid. Let's make him get some good rest. And what's the first thing they do? They sit down with him and read him an illustrated version of Hansel and Gretel where they actually show the kids dying. <laughs> and it was so grotesque. And then they're like, let's stop. And he's like, no, we're going to finish. Tell me how it ends. Um, Yeah, man, I don't know. I have a lot more things. Uh, one of the big things I loved in this movie is through the first two thirds of the whole movie, all of the deaths that happen, like the real deaths, not just the dream ones, could really be made to look out, look like accidents. Like, oh, like there might not have been anything supernatural happening at all in this whole film until you finally get to like Freddy being involved in a big way near the end. Um, yeah, man, there were some good scares in here. I thought that they used the vase. Do you know that classic vase shat sound shattering effect? Yeah, of course. They use that like 10 times in this movie. Every time there is an earthquake scene, which in the first half, there were like eight of them. Then they would have that vase shattering, even when they were outside at the funeral. <laughs> they, they had that vase shattering uh, effect. And um, I just wanted to point out the hospital scene near the end, too. Um. When dear when the babysitter punched the nurse and threatened to stab the other one with the needle, I was so shook that they actually went that far. And I just wanted to say the babysitter was such a real one. Uh, and then finally, that last kill in the hospital, like when the babysitter died, I thought that was genuinely pretty scary. And it was a really nice callback to the first film, which I'm going to save to talk about that kill until the end. But what were your thoughts, man? This is a very polarizing movie, but it's usually ranked near the very top for a lot of people. What you got, Connor? Cool. I wasn't super hot on this movie. Um, I thought it was way too on the nose. Yeah. Um, 
having a horror movie that's supposed to take place in her life because the, the weird thing about that is they actually wanted her husband to play himself in the movie ah uh. because her husband is an actual special effects artist i just they assumed that was a him. movie that wasn't him that he straight up refused to play because that's super dark <laughs> also he didn't want to play himself the the way they wrote the husband he was such a dweeb in this movie yeah and then like they also wanted her kid to play himself i get why they didn't do that and she the mom straight up said no yeah so it, it was such a weird movie um i straight up hated the fact they changed freddie's glove again yeah, well, I mean, in this one, I kind of understood because it was like a real life version of Freddy, at least. But yeah, his new design well, was yeah, weird. It's just, it, it didn't make sense for it being sci-fi because I don't know. It's supposed to be a actual manifestation of a horror character into real life. Yeah, it's it doesn't fit the narrative if it's different from the actual source material. Anyway, um. Like, every single character in this movie was an idiot. Uh, yes, yep. The scene, though, where she crosses the freeway, that's terrifying. That <laughs> was really like, scary. It actually looked like she almost got hit by cars. Yeah. I What I didn't like about that scene is when Freddy was, like, lifting um, uh, Dylan up and down. <laughs> dodging the big trucks i thought that was really funny but really really bad lord the i i definitely think we got cheated though how so because they essentially wrote robert and glinda out of the movie yeah. after a certain point we got cheated out of seeing freddie and robert and glinda having like a fist to cuffs match and having to have those awkward jump cuts <laughs> uh that would have been we lovely that would have been so good. Yeah, I mean, I get why I get why this one's a bit more polarizing. It is the first one since the third movie that Wes Craven had any involvement in. Which is neat. And you can definitely tell like the callbacks that they did to the original movies were actually good for once. Like you could tell that they put effort into them. But yeah, man, I get it. I get it. You, you want to move on? Yeah, let's move on. My number two is A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Masters. And this is a hot take. I know. I think this is better than The Dream Warriors one. But because for me, I think that teetering line where you get um, that campiness mixed with that seri seriousness, I think it just... It hit a little bit better here. And there are a few moments. I won't go into a ton here. Like I, I wrote down a lot of quotes and everything. But I think there are a few things that I thought were super cool. First being uh, them kind of invoking Alien 3 and killing off all the main characters from the previous movie during the movie itself. I really like that. And having them killed off within what the first 15 minutes or so and transferring. Uh. So Kristen was the main character in the third movie where she had her powers and everything and how she transferred everything to Alice before she got murdered. I thought was pretty 
interesting there. Um, beyond that, <laughs> uh, I, I hated most of the characters. I think that was my big negative here. I thought a lot of them were pretty rough, except for Alice. I just love that she lived such a tragic life in this movie. And you talking about the char- the parents being dumb, I think couldn't have been more true in this movie where everyone around Alice dies like week to week. She goes to a funeral, then goes home and everyone's like, man, that sucked, didn't it? Let's keep moving on. She's like, I have so much trauma in my body, in my bones, and no one wants to talk about it at all. Like every time they go back to school and they just don't acknowledge that another kid got brutally murdered was insane to me every single time it happened. But the the thing in this movie that really, truly made this iconic for me was the dream loop at the end. Do you remember that? Dream loop? They repeated, like, the final scene of the movie, like, four times in a row before it kept moving, and they changed it slightly each time. I thought there was an issue with my stream of it when I was watching it the first time. When they left one of the, when they left, I think Alice's house, and they went to go to the other house to stop Freddy. Ah. And they just kept looping it over yeah, and over weird. again. But I don't know. There are a lot of good quotables here. Uh, Wanna suck face? Um, I believe in you. Oh, that was my favorite one. When the girl was working out in her garage, and she is talking like. Like, you need to believe in yourself and all this. And then Freddy says, I believe in you, and then kills her. I thought that was really good. Um, there is, how's this for a wet dream? Uh, <laughs> um, I th- The thing that could have been seen as bad, which I totally get, and this is where the balance worked for me. I noted, I felt like this movie felt like a Goosebumps episode so much. And the goods and the bads in that. So take it as you will. But Connor, you have any thoughts on this one? I wasn't really hot on this movie. Yeah. I thought it was incredibly stupid to just bring back all the cast that survived the previous movie just to kill them off in the first 15 minutes. Uh, Especially when you had to recast the main character anyway. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have the same actress playing Kristen. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge loss. (laughs) I just thought that was silly. There, there was no point to kill those characters off if you couldn't even get the same character or actors to come back. And then I thought a lot of the kills were a huge step back from the previous movie. Yeah, you did. Yep. The, it's like they got a huge cut in their budget. So they had to resort to more slasher kills. Yeah. I mean, the montage at the end where she beats up Freddy... I mean, that was pretty cool, but the last five minutes of the movie don't make up for a disappointing lead up to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I think we're just exactly on opposite ends of this movie, and I see see everything you're coming from with it. Um, Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say on this one? Not really, but you know, now I know what your number one is. Oh, uh, what's a shocker? You want to tell the world what my number one is? The first one. 
It is. Okay. Regardless, let's just say, even if this movie was horrible, the first death in this movie is one of the scariest horror movie scenes I've ever seen. When uh, the... What's her name? I didn't even write it down. When the first girl dies in the bedroom where Rod is, I think Rod, um, and they, like, you don't get to see Freddy at all. You don't get to see, like, the dream version of the death. But you see her body lift up in the air, her get slashed, and then her inanimate corpse just dragging across the ceiling and all the blood, like, pooling on the walls. I thought that was one of the scariest scenes and even like just with the practical effects and how they did it it looked so terrifying to me and then and then like when you watch the remake and they have that same scene it didn't hit anywhere near as close as it did in this version i just thought it was really scary um the bathtub scene was great that's iconic it's so iconic and like the other main thing I wanted to talk about with this movie is just when you just getting to see the whole idea of sleep de- deprivation actually get to affect the character so so much, which they don't like to touch on later in the in the series of like yes, all this crazy stuff is happening, but also our main lead is becoming insane because she's fighting off Freddy. I just I really like this movie, and. I also wanted to know what's the canonical ending to this movie, and this ha- they do this for the first two movies of like they add that extra scene at the end, and I'm like obviously we know Freddy's alive, you know, because of the sequels and everything, but like did, obviously they didn't end up getting killed off, so I just thought those were weird touches to add to the ends of each one. But yeah. Um, I really like this one. The only, the major downside for this movie is whenever they show Freddy doing things that aren't killing people, like when he was running around, (laughs) I just thought it was so bad. But yeah, what do you got on this? He wasn't on fire. Well, yeah, he wasn't on fire the whole time he was running. So. Like the scene in the alleyway? Uh, anyway, I thought the first two acts of this movie were solid. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it fumbled in the third act. I mean, the first kill in the bedroom—that's terrifying. The kill in the jail. Ooh, yeah. Creative. I mean, it's not as gory as it could have been, but it was also tame, and yeah. it looked practical enough to fool the adults. The. Final kill with Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. On the bed. The just the... a puddle. <laughs> and I love how okay, that kill was so ridiculous, but I loved how everyone reacted to it. Like the coroner and the investigators would just go up and like almost vomit every time they looked. Yeah, he got he got turned into Johnny Depp pudding. It was like it, it's what Amber Heard almost did. Basically, yeah. You know what? You know what? I know why they were disgusted when they left the room. They found what Amber left on the bed. Oh no! Um, and it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't from the dog. Let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, but so, oh yeah, go on, go on. I thought this movie fell apart in the last act, just because her pulling him into the real world, setting him on fire, 
her calling to her dad who's across the street that that's just so cool um the i just thought it was ridiculous once they the dad got in the house and they ran up to the mom (laughs) and she just gets pulled through the bed presumably to hell yeah (laughs) and i'm thinking that's where they want you to consider the cut to black was right there yeah but the movie keeps going and she's like freddie i want my boyfriend back i want my mother back and i want my friends you killed back please and he's and like, oh, okay. Okay. I'll somehow bring them back to life. <laughs> and then they ride off into the sunset. And then the mom becomes an inflatable waving thing and pulled through the window. Yeah. And then it cuts to black. Right? Yeah. Um, I I did really love her relationship with her parents in this. I thought it was such a weird, interesting dynamic that the mom was kind of, I mean, she was an alcoholic and kind of insane. The dad was definitely a hard, um, you know, like a real strict dude, but like clearly like was trying to balance like the concerns of her daughter or his daughter with being reasonable. Um, until, yeah, I think, I do think it falls apart at the end, but so do a lot of old horror movies, so I don't hold it as far back. But, Connor, we must move on. So, final thoughts on this franchise. Meh. Meh? Oof. Meh. Meh, 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 meh. All right. My final take is for a franchise with this many movies, there is a surprising amount of decent ones. And, you know, that's saying something when there's nine movies, but... Again, the highs are high, the lows are very low. But Connor, I think it's time to move on and to torture me with some half-baked. Come on, hurry up. It's taking forever. Ooh, I know. Finally. Well, Morgan. Well, Connor. I think it's time for punishment. Why? Why why do you say that? Well, you know, the 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 leaves are falling in the air. The the times they're about to fall back one last time and the, the temperature gauge, she's a fallen. She's a fallen. Oh, by the way, when does the time change? I need to uh first soon? or second week of November. Uh, okay, cool. Okay, okay all right. C- carry on. Carry on. Well, there's a pretty substantial holiday coming up relatively soon, isn't there? Sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? And <laughs> what's something people do on this holiday? Now, I'm I'm assuming it's trick or treat or scare each other. Well, yeah, but how do they scare each other and what do they do when they trick or treat? They dress up. I know, they dress up. And you know the fun fact about this holiday, first off? It's today, because you're listening to it on Halloween. Wow. Wow. But carry on, carry on. Okay, they dress up on Halloween, yep. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, 
I figured this is a good opportunity to bring back an old segment or <laughs> something I've done before. On uh, I thought you were going to say like the segment so old it was on the last episode, <laughs> the one that I did. <laughs> so <laughs> that would have been funny. Um, do you remember when I read a choose your own adventure book to you? Uh, you know, you mean the one that took like 40 minutes? <laughs> That's true, but I found a children's one. Oh, oof. yes. Okay. So yep. this one only has 30-something pages. Okay. And that one was fun because it was baseball. I remember that's the way you hooked me. Yeah. And there were several options on this database of choose-your-own-adventure stories that I found. I mean, there was one called the Underground Railroad. <laughs> oh, goodness. And there were several African-Americans on the cover. Uh, one based on the life and times of Martin Luther King. Okay, this seems the like a theme. Of Gettysburg. <laughs> so but, you know, <laughs> I figured, what costume can I picture Morgan wearing this holiday season? Um, Captain Morgan? A pirate? You know, I wasn't able to find any pirate ones, but I did find something that will pander to many a person. Is it a rapper? No. What this is is a Walt Disney Choose Your Own Adventure. Ooh. Oh. Oh. And what we have here is Snow White in the Enchanted Forest. Ooh. The viewers have decided Morgan's uh, costume this season will be that of Snow White. Oh, I can totally rock that. Okay. Absolutely. And on his way to go trick-or-treating, Morgan... It, Morgan gets into some shenanigans, <laughs> and always. he's going to have to find his way to wherever he's going. Good. Cool. Bring it on. All right. So this is Snow White in the Enchanted Forest Heck by yeah. Jim Razzie, published by Bontem Books. Okay. In a small kingdom nestled in a deep green valley lives a queen. She is very beautiful, but she is cruel and wicked. The queen has a stepdaughter named Morgan Halperin, (laughs) who is even more beautiful than she. The queen is so jealous that she has plotted to have Morgan Halperin killed. But Morgan Halpern has fled into the Enchanted Forest and found shelter in the cottage of the Seven Dwarves. Calling on her magical powers, the angry queen goes after Snow White. She vows to find her and put an end to her once and for all. You live in this small kingdom, and you have heard the threats of the angry Connor. (laughs) One day while riding on your horse... Hero, you lose your way and find yourself in the enchanted... Okay, this is getting confusing. Wait, who is who now? What? what? I tried I to flip it so that you were the princess, and then halfway through, I decided I was the queen. Oh, okay. And it occurs to me now that you're not Snow White. <laughs> you're a random peasant that's walking through the woods on a horse named Hero. <laughs> what? We don't spoil all of it. I... <laughs> Well, this is stuff that should have been set up bef- 
before the story started. Okay, well, I'm a peasant. Name okay, is Morgan. You, so you're a peasant on a horse. I aim. I I dream of being Snow White. Let's put that in the back of our heads. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I'm a peasant on a horse. Okay, I'm gonna just keep the uh, nouns as written from here on. Sure, out. sure. It, it got too confusing. <laughs> Moving on to page two. Even though you're lost, you're not afraid. Maybe you will meet Snow White. You ride Hero deeper and deeper into the forest. The place does seem enchanted. Suddenly, you hear singing coming from just up ahead. You get off your horse, and walking slowly forward, just then a twig snaps behind you. Oh no. Someone is there. You spin around quickly, but you don't see a thing. What should you do? If you want to see who's singing, let me know. If you decide to see who's behind you, let me know. No, I'm, I'm trying to see who's singing. Page Positive six. vibes only for this You peasant. want to see who's singing? Yeah. You keep on walking. In a small clearing, you see a little old woman carrying a basket of apples. Oh, no. As she sings, you look curiously around. Is she lost too? You walk over to her. Are you lost? You ask kindly. Oh, dearie, you frightened me, says the little old lady. I'm awfully sorry, you say. I was only trying to help. The old woman gives you a funny little smile. Of course. <laughs> you mean no harm. Then a thoughtful look comes over her face. Lost, you say? Yes. Hmm, perhaps I am. You look slyly over at your horse. Sorry, she looks slyly over at your horse. <laughs> A bit tired, too. My poor feet can't walk very far. Aww. You ask her what she's doing in the forest. To your surprise, she tells you that she is looking for Snow White. The apples are a present for her. She's so kind to everyone. I would like to be kind to her in return. Maybe you should offer the woman a ride on your horse. She seems harmless, but you think there's something strange about her. Are you going to give the old lady a ride? Okay, Connor, pause real quick. Am I? Do you want me role-playing as this peasant or coming in with the knowledge that I have? Um... Changes I'm gonna my... say as the peasant because I wanted you. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you're a peasant. You're on your way to go trick or treating. Love. You found out that there was a beautiful princess in these woods, oh, and then... an old lady just came up on you. Heck yeah, she's coming. Wait, what? What's the other option? Just no. Uh, if you want to go off on your own. Oh, okay. Or if you want to offer the lady a ride. Ah, oh, dang! I wish I could just take her apples and go and say it was my idea. Um, <laughs> but I guess I'll take the old lady with me. She, okay. That seems nice enough. We're going to page 14. You offer the old woman a ride on your horse. I would like to meet Snow White myself. We can look for her together, you say. You ride a long way into the forest. At last, you see a cottage through the trees. You leap off your horse and knock on the door. You are greeted by Snow White herself. Whoa. Hello. Snow White says sweetly. 
I'm so happy to see you, princess, you say. Just then the old woman hobbles up beside you. Oh, wait up. Oh, cries Snow White, a little frightened. Who are you? <laughs> I don't know why the voices keep changing, but it works. Um, don't worry, you say. She's just an old woman who has brought you some apples. The woman smiles and holds out a shiny red one in her bony grip. Yes, Jerry. Take a bite and see how good it tastes. As soon as Snow White bites into the apple, she falls to the ground. Oh, no. The apple must have been poisoned. You turn to the old woman in horror. She's not there, but the wicked queen is. What? I've been bamboozled. Oh no, you groan. <laughs> she points a finger at you and says, Now it's your turn. <laughs> what? Even though you want to help Snow White, you are afraid of the evil queen's magic. You spring to your horse and ride until you come to a path that you know. You're not lost anymore, but poor Snow White. <laughs> what happened to her? I just let her die. <laughs> Let's see, page 40 is where we shall go now. There are so few decisions. Oh my I know. This is really for a child, huh? <laughs> it's straight to the point. <laughs> a few weeks later, you return to the Enchanted Forest. <laughs> this time, you know your way. You're still afraid of the Evil Queen, but you have to find out what happened to Snow White. On your way, you meet another rider. He tells you his name is Prince Charming. Oh. I'm looking for a beautiful princess. <laughs> I met her once long ago, and we fell in love. Now I have heard about a princess who sleeps in the forest. I wonder if she is my princess after all. Okay. I know where the princess is! You cry. You and the prince gallop to the deep, small meadow near the cottage of the seven dwarves, who have now canonically been established as such. There, on a flowered mound, lies Snow White. The prince gets off his horse and goes to her. It's my princess! <laughs> Bending over, he kisses her tenderly. Snow White's eyes flutter open. She's awake! Love's first kiss has, which is capitalized for some reason, like it's a proper noun, has kissed the queen's spell! Oh. You are glad you came back to the Enchanted Forest, which is also capitalized like it's a proper noun. This time, the path has led to a happy ending. Oh, wow, that's it. Wait, wait, so, so he... So I just, like, told the prince, like, oh, yeah, she's alive. Come hang out with me. I totally didn't let her get murdered. <laughs> I kind of want to go back and see what would have happened if you left the old crow. I think we should do this off air, though. I think we need to keep going. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. What the heck? I, There's 40 pages, and we went through, like, 10 of them. <laughs> Honestly, Were there more options if we <laughs> weren't jerks? I kind of hope not. 
Oh man, well that was a time I succeeded. Am I the best? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I wonder if there is a bad ending. There, there's gotta be, right? No, there probably won't be. There probably isn't. That's so well. Lame. Now you're off to your costume party, your trick or treating session, or whatever we decided at the beginning. So proud of myself. <laughs> All right. Wow, that's beautiful. Um. What do you say we uh I arrive at the party, right? Yeah, and, of course. But I arrived a little late because I had to deal with Snow White and Prince Charming and all that jazz. So I only got there in time for dessert. Desserts. How was that? Was that a good transition? Were you proud of me? It was very on the nose. Thank you. Thank you. Um just like my glasses. <laughs> Um, all right, Connor, I think I went first last time. So what what you got for me? Well, real quick, did you hear Texas Pete is getting sued? No. So a man is suing Texas Pete the hot sauce. Oh, I did hear. Sorry. But you, you explain for the viewer or the listeners. They are being sued because their hot sauce is not made in the state of Texas. How dare them? And... Obviously, that impacts the quality of the hot sauce. So the man's now suing them for several million dollars. Oof. But moving on to the real dessert. <laughs> Morgan, do you remember exactly, maybe not exactly, but what I was texting about yesterday? Yesterday? Well, this would have been two days ago at this point. Um, No. Well, I remember messaging you, telling you that I was coming up with something super ridiculously ambitious. Yes. Oh, my God. That was for dessert? Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Okay. Yes, I do remember that. So You seemed excited. (laughs) What if I told you I wrote a full 3,000 plus word fan fiction based on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? And that, that this is your dessert? The announcement that it exists, and I'm going to record an audiobook version of it. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. As a bonus episode. I'm so excited for this. Um, hopefully we'll launch at the same time this episode does. Oh my gosh, I am through the roof about this. <laughs> Connor did not, for everyone listening, Connor did not tell me about this beforehand, besides that he made something ambitious. How, is it very inappropriate, Connor? Not at all. It's written from the perspective of a nine-year-old child. Oh, nice. Well, hopefully not and, uh, in either the eighth or the ninth movie, because, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's called Freddy and Me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, yeah, hopefully it'll, it's already out. <laughs> Wait, um, can I... Well, no, I'll have to release it at least two minutes after so that people have the chance to listen to the announcement first. Yeah, that's Just two minutes, two minutes. (laughs) That's okay. That's all they need. I mean, we could wait a few hours. Nah, 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 nah. (laughs) I uh, wrote the entire thing on my phone over the course of like three hours. Um, wow. Um... (laughs) All right, breaking it down, Connor, for for the show notes, do you want this to be called Nightmare on Elm Street Fan Fiction Announcement or Freddy and Me Announcement? Freddy and Me Announcement. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, wow. 
can I can I give my pitch for what I think this is? Of course. All right. So my theory is, um, what if what if this was one of the kids at the elementary school and Freddie was the gardener, but it wasn't one of the kids he took to the cave, and they were just really good friends because Freddie had some good moments. Before he <laughs> you're not that far off. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Cool. All right. That's beautiful. All right. I this blew my mind. I'm really excited. Uh thank you. Um Well, now mine's <laughs> not going to hold up anywhere close to that, but um what's your most like what 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 do you think's the most iconic Nick Cage thing like quote that he's ever said in a movie? Um I can think of a couple. I'm really counting on you to get this in your first guess. Anything but the bees, not the bees. Yeah, you got it. That's it. Um, oh, I was kind of hoping I could list a couple off. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you feel free. You can list a few off if you want. Ah, how did it burn? How did it burn? <laughs> uh, face off. <laughs> uh, I'll give you one more. One more. Oh, um. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the name, like, Darlene was the prom queen. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, all right. There's a woman charged with sending a bee swarm on deputies at her eviction. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, a Massachusetts woman who is uh, who released a swarm of bees on sheriff deputies as they tried to serve an eviction notice is facing multiple assault and battery charges, authorities said. Uh, Rory S. Woods, 55 years old, pled not guilty at her arraignment on October 12th in Springfield District County and was released without bail. Uh, she and other protesters maintained that they were trying to prevent a wrongful eviction. The homeowner, Alden King, oh, wow, she was actually a protester. This wasn't even for her house. Uh, the homeowner brought evidence of bankruptcy stay to court the next day. At which point everything should have stopped. Um, so, so what happened, Connor, was Woods, who lives in a different uh, area in the town, arrived in an SUV towing a trailer carrying beehives and started, quote, shaking, unquote, them, breaking the cover off one and causing hundreds of bees to swarm out and initially sting one deputy, according to the report. <laughs> Woods, who put on a beekeeper suit to protect herself... She was prepared. She was eventually handcuffed, but not before several more sheriff's department employees were stung, including three who are allergic to bees. Um, When Woods was told that several officers were allergic, she said, oh, you're allergic? Good. (laughs) But don't worry. On the good news, Connor, they had one staff member to go to the hospital, but luckily he was all right. So no one died. Um. Oh, Baba. That's really the gist of the story. <laughs> oh, honey. This one of my favorite. Oh, honey. <laughs> this. Uh, more, so many puns there. This is one of my favorite uh, desserts that I've brought. <laughs> so. Was this woman a professional beekeeper? Nowhere mentioned in the story whether or not she is. <laughs> I like to think she just went out and just 
bought hives in a beekeeper suit. Yeah, so my theory is that she, like, knows a beekeeper and was slyly start like, who is a good friend of hers. Like, maybe they met up for drinks each week, you know, in a group. And, like, one week she just started asking the beekeeper very specific questions out of nowhere. <laughs> like, so t- tell me more about your job. Like, where do you get the bees? Like... How do you not die every day? And like, just started taking notes, like on a little scribble pad near her purse at the bar table. <laughs> and then like she went out and executed the plan. And like, good on she did a good job. And that quote, man, that quote, like, good. <laughs> what a psycho! I love it. <laughs> oh man, that is that is the confidence of a serial killer. Oh yeah. Um, you know, one thing for people who have really strong allergic reactions, you know, like one of the quickest ways to get them back up to par, um, pee on it. Yeah. Uh, depending on what the allergy is. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, but, and like what, what other ways, you know, um, adrenaline shot. Okay, all right. I think I'm. I'm thinking a little bit further down the road. So like, you've had your adrenaline shot. You're calming down. You're very like exhausted, like worn out. What do you? What? What's a good way to get yourself back up the par? A good night's sleep. And rest and relaxation. That's kind of close to the same thing. And good health insurance. And water. <laughs> Stay hydrated, my friends. Uh, thanks for um, tuning in and staying to one of our longest episodes to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street and some bees and some fanfic that hopefully you will be auto-listening to coming up now. Wait, well, actually after the outro and all that stuff, you know. Waves! I had a nightmare that Ron got me to play Wolverine again. Well, I had a nightmare that he was happy to not be Wolverine again. I I had a nightmare that Hugh Jackman wasn't in Deadpool 3. I had a nightmare that I was Connor. So, I was thinking for the climax that we could get Cher to... Hugh, are you with me, bud? Sorry, Ron. It was so weird. We were here, and there was this cat, right? And then, and then I was in bed, and then I was with you. Sorry, I was you, and then some weird dude showed up. It's all right, buddy. Let's get a snack to raise your spirits. And that is another cold open in the bag. And. What the hell? Don't, don't you think you should give us some credit? Plagiarist. What? You didn't invent a dream within a dream. I made it popular. And I introduced the world to scary Terry. My cold open doesn't even resemble your episode. I don't care. Morty, use the plumpus. Oh, oh, geez, Rick. With pleasure. <laughs>